0: A Squared Wrestling Podcast Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting, wonderful episode of the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast Episode number 7, Andy Twilson, as always, your Roy Simmons Hello Andy, uh,
1: hello uh, listeners, how are we all doing? All ready for Christmas I hope uh, Let's hope so, I'm not no, neither am and I. See,
0: we're sat in my uh, my office, my makeshift office, right now. Um, but next door, there's a Christmas tree. I don't know if you noticed it when you came in. You don't
1: mean the next door neighbours. You mean in the room. In next The door. room next door. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there's a Christmas tree, and that Christmas tree is naked. It Ooh. has no. It hasn't got a, a single decoration on it. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't even notice so, the tree. So. Oh, well, you wouldn't, would you? Yeah.
1: Well, we've had our. I'm assuming it's a fake tree. Yes. Yeah, so. we've we've had our real tree up since December the first. So oh yeah. Well decorated. Makes a change
0: from normal, doesn't it? You normally get your tree up the end of August, don't you? And then you're bored with it by the time that uh, Christmas comes along.
1: I think one year, me and Lindsay might be in the first year we were together. I think we put it up maybe sort of October, end of October. Things ain't so, so <laughs> rosy now, though, No, <laughs> uh, things are a bit more real life now, yeah. <laughs>
0: oh. um, so.
1: This is it, the Christmas episode.
0: The Christmas episode. Um, and one of the reasons I will say why my Christmas tree isn't decorated, there's been numerous times when uh, we've been going to decorate it. I've insisted a a lot of times that I should just put the decorations up on my own. My wife's not having any of it. It's apparently something we should do as a couple. I said, I'm happy for her to do it on her own. Again, has to be a couple's thing. Um, And we were gonna do it this Sunday, but we didn't do it this Sunday. Do you know why, Andy?
1: Uh, I know why, but your listeners might not know why. I'd like to
0: think they do. I'd like to think they're all very keen followers of me on Twitter <laughs> at a Quildan, Aquildan, A Q U I L D A N. If you're not, uh, if you're not a follower, I do tweet some quirky stuff. But my only criticism, uh, well, the criticism I get the most of myself and my Twitter is I don't tweet enough. So, um, but when I do tweet, it's a good one. So follow me on Twitter. Anyway, the reason why I wasn't at home on Sunday was because I went to see a certain wrestling debut for. A, from uh, referee Chris Roberts, and how did that go? Well, uh, first, first of all, I'd like to say uh, it was an attack pro wrestling show in Bristol. Um, oh, there's some stories that I could tell from that
1: actually. On the way, should we tell a story? Is that when we me mean you were conversing on text message and we found mm. out Tom Zink had died? No, that wasn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> but. but, but
0: R.I.P. Tom Zenk the oh, Z Man. Right. He was actually referenced on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, right? Because I was I was talking about how I got Z and Z confused because of the Z Man Tom Zenk.
1: Right, yeah. So That makes it all the more topical. Um, R.I.P. Z Man.
0: So there you go. And he was I think he must have been one of the most underrated wrestlers from my memory. I'm not gonna say I'm a connoisseur of Tom Zenk matches, um, but from my memory, I think.
1: He well from- he to, to, to me, he was one of those ones that I'll always remember because of the way Gary Michael Capetta would announce, the Z-Man. That's what I remember most about Tom Zink. Okay. Um, yeah,
0: I, so. Yeah, I see, I and I remember my memories of him as his tag team with Brian Pillman, because that was, um, I'm guessing that must have been around the time that it was on.
1: Must have been early 90s yeah, WCW. Must have been like ITV yeah.
0: time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, there, was there an action figure of him or am I making you, that th- up? No, there definitely was. Yeah, I think I had one. There
1: definitely was, because I went for a meeting um, about a year ago with a 3D printer company and for some reason the the uh, the the model I took in to say can you make these was, was a of a Tom's WC- Inc. was a tom zinc wow yeah. and you know
0: what they say they always say don't tell people your plans until you actually make them um, and you've just told everyone your plans of three D printing.
1: Well, it, it, they're not even around unless you want to invest fifty grand. I was basically told. I said, "Listen, I know you can't basically produce me a factory of wrestling toys, but this is what I'm after. Is this technology affordable? Not even affordable? Is it even available?" And he said, "Well, it's available, but you know, not really."
0: So that's, that's out of the reach of a millionaire, is it?
1: Mm, well, I'm sure a millionaire probably could, but I'm not a millionaire. I'm so
0: an heir to the throne aren't you
1: but yeah maybe one day fingers (laughs) crossed I've got Uh, fingers and a lot of pies so yeah
0: um so yeah Tom Zink the (coughs) Z-Man and yeah the people this isn't the story that I was referring to but yeah the people who I was with and I'm not going to name any names although one of the names that we'll name in a little bit um the people I was with had never heard of a Z-Man Tom Zink and they're wrestling trainees at the Portsmouth School of Wrestling
1: yeah, see, I was talking to Marty about this, and, and like, I even said you... No, you, made, you just dropped a name. Whatever. <laughs> uh, and we both agreed, and you even agreed, uh, was we're not even that surprised that they don't know no, who the z like, and Tom I, Zink is. I, I had to... Not because we don't appreciate Tom Zink, but we are... For lack of a better term, uh, like wrestling historians. <laughs> wrestling is
0: students of the game. Students of
1: the game. Um, so, I, I got. Um, that's why. I,
0: yeah, I, um, I have been getting on their case lately because they haven't seen Wrestling with Shadows. And that's a, a large majority oh, of them have seen. We could seen list wrestling. what,
1: but five. We had Rogue Warrior Animal come into the training. They didn't store. even know who he
0: was, did they? It was no,
1: like, some of them hadn't even seen a Legion of Doom match. <laughs> and we're not talking about the 16, 17 year olds. We're talking about the ones in their mid 20s. I think this is an opportune time. Uh, there's a couple of stories to tell
0: here, but I think you've mentioned Rogue Warrior, Warrior Animal. I don't know if there's ever going to be another time when we're going to get to tell this story. So tell us a story about the time Rogue Warrior Animal went into Subway.
1: Okay, so yeah, this is a good story. Off topic, but yeah, we'll, we'll hit it now. Uh, so we have a very, very nice man uh, who runs the Subway very, very locally to the wrestling school. And he would tell me he was a big wrestling fan as a kid. Uh, he knew... So when we had X-Pac in Portsmouth, he knew enough about X Pac to know he was once the one, two, three kid. So he would say, Oh, yes, he was the one, two, three kid. So he I'm not saying he was like us, Andy, wrestling historians, but I'd say he Insiders yeah. slash experts. Experts. Yeah, that's pretty better Well, <laughs> we are wrestling experts. I'm not saying he's an expert, but I'm saying he knew enough about wrestling to uh to, to know X pack was once the one, two, three kid. So crossing over um, generations almost of, of wrestling fandom. So uh, he'd said to me, he said, Anytime you have a, a big name next time you have X pack or the time you have Bret Hart over, he says, bring them in, free food for everyone, free food for everyone. So uh, Road Warrior Animal was in the country, do some comic cons. I think he was staying in the country for about 10 days. And
0: it was nothing to do with us at all, but you thought, hang on, if I could get him down to Portsmouth and get him to the Portsmouth School of R- Wrestling under pretense that he's doing a seminar, then I might get a free subway out of it. Is that
1: correct? <laughs> Basically, but essentially, yeah, I thought I'd save myself a fiver. <laughs> so uh, so we'd, we'd organised he was going to do a seminar and uh, and all the lads were excited that he was, he was coming down. All the lads who knew who he was. It was <laughs> the five of them. Who, uh,
0: so, uh, but they all got their pictures taken with him and pretended like oh you, like they were big long And then posted it, posted
1: it on their Facebooks and were like
0: yeah we've just been hanging out with our hero.
1: Yeah, so um so, so I'd uh, so I'd met Animal a few days before we'd been out for lunch. We'd arranged a seminar and uh, I went down to, to Chichester where he was staying and I picked him up. I brought him back to Portsmouth and I, and it wasn't really till I was on the way there. Um, I asked Animal, I said, "Oh, do you like Subway?" And he was like, "Yeah, I like Subway." So, I told him how the guy's a big wrestling fan, if you can make a bit of a fuss of him, um, I'd be really grateful because we we get some free food out of this. And and he's a worker, so he knows. Oh, he knew, he knew, he knew what was required. Yeah. So he uh so if you if you haven't met Animal or like even when I was a kid and met my first WWF superstar, um I I didn't really appreciate how big he was or how big any of them were so uh, animal is a very very large man so he's got to be six foot two um you know still still built like a tank so uh, we walk into subway andy and uh and i told him i said oh listen you know we'll with a bit of luck we'll get some free food here so i walk into subway with animal who's who's not um a discreet man like i've just described and he's,
0: a, he's a '90s wrestler, isn't he? That's he, exactly what he is. Yeah,
1: like he—he he as yeah, it's he's, like
0: everything Steve Linsky wants to be, right?
1: Sure. Yeah, and for the fact that Animal, uh, Animal and Hawk, their company were Zubas, which is very early '90s bodybuilding. Where if you know what they are, Zubas. So, um, so I walk up to the counter in Subway, and we've Animal, who's like double the height of me, and uh, and I and, and and we put our order in. And the guy Chintain was in there, and he and he said uh, and he starts ringing it all up in the till. And it's it's not the fact we're getting free food that is the issue. It was just kind of like a bonus. And also, I wanted to sort of show Chintain like, oh look, here's Animal from the Legion of Doom. If you want to get a picture,
0: because uh, yeah, he he does look after us. Cookie for Rambo, right? Yeah, yeah. Rainbow, <laughs> rainbow, rainbow for Rambo, rainbow
1: for Rambo. That's what he always yeah. says to me. I get a rainbow cookie for free every now and then. And and he he gives me a
0: large coffee instead of a small coffee.
1: Yeah, and. He just general little he's things just a nice, smile. He's just, just a nice guy to know. So I took Animal in there. Yeah, so, so Chin Tang, he starts ringing it up in the till. Then Animal uh, pulls up a picture on his phone. And it's a picture, funny enough, I used to have on my wall as a child of the Legion of Doom when the WWF Tag Team Championships. And he Animal's showing it to me. And I'm kind of getting a bit embarrassed See, now. this is a worker
0: in Animal kicking in, isn't it? He's kind it, of got it, alarm it, bells going that this, this sandwich might not be as free as he had hoped. Yeah. So he's just yeah. going to. Pull out the old insurance
1: policy, right? <laughs> sure. So uh, so you start showing it to me and I'm like, Oh yeah, so uh, so Chin, do you you know this man? And Chin goes, Oh this is or one of the crown." This is this is up. the
0: moment where you need him
1: to be on your side, right? Yeah, this is why I need him to say. Or or even if he doesn't know, he needs pretend. to ask. He, well, he just needs pretend. To, just yeah, pretend. pretend. Or or just ask me. Who yeah, okay, who is it? So he's like if, I'm not sure I'm going to do it justice because obviously this is just verbal but the look on his face told me no I don't know who this man is and I lit, oh, I wanted the ground to swallow I was so embarrassed and uh, I was embarrassed for Animal as well because I kind of you know I'd spent the whole day marking out over him you know <laughs> and there he is nudging you with a picture of himself in the yeah. glory days on his phone you should have asked him to put the paint on before he walked into a yeah, subway the pads maybe, Yeah, pants yeah. <laughs> maybe so, uh, so I said oh come on Chintaine, you must know this man and he's like no sorry so I could tell Chin Tain was embarrassed. I could tell Animal was embarrassed. I was the most embarrassed, I think. Um, so, so I just ended up paying for our subway, and I think I think he gave us a free cookie each as compensation. <laughs> so, uh, but but what makes this all all the worse, uh, really, was I went into Subway a week later, and Chin said to me, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't I didn't realise who it was." Oh, because of course I'd also shown him the picture on Animal's phone, <laughs> and still nothing, and still nothing. Still nothing. So really, uh, what happened? I think Chin got a bit starstruck and didn't really know what to say or how to behave. So he'd give us the big spiel of like, "Come, come down. You can always have free food. Like free food for everyone is what he says, isn't yeah, it? Like." Yeah. And I'm not saying we would take hundred people in, but me and Annie might go and take our special guests and a couple of other lads. But yeah, the ones we like, the one we like. So um, yeah, so uh, that's that story really. I just wanted the ground to swallow me up, especially after I'd shown him the picture, and he still played dumb as if he didn't know oh, who he that's, was.
0: That's a tremendous story. Mm. A, a great way to start. And um, yeah, so um, and, and we deviated on that, just talking about uh, attack wrestling. That's the beauty of this podcast, isn't it? We can talk about anything. You never know, do you? You never know what um, treats you're going to get. So um, attack wrestling. So I, I so. I, I can't. I'm not gonna. I can't be asked to shame someone. I was gonna shame someone about my journey to attack wrestling, but I'm gonna keep talking because I know that person's probably listening and probably squirming in their seat right now. What
1: well, about how tired he gets driving? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're gonna be a wrestler, kid. You're gonna need to learn to drive a few hours here and back.
0: So uh, we'll save that story. Mm-hmm. That's another one. Sure. <laughs> another one to bank. Um, but the point I'd like to make about attack wrestling now, the show. Uh, it's not gonna be everyone's taste. The show. Um, But the show was a lot of fun, the most fun I've probably ever had watching a wrestling show. Um, And what I'd also like to add is we talk all the time about the locker rooms, the British wrestling locker rooms, when we got into it, and how closed it was, and how horrible it was, and how everyone was uh, wary of one another. I think Um, how horrible
1: it could be. It wasn't all the time, like, how horrible it could be. Yeah, Uh,
0: if you weren't mates with the right people, or if you said the wrong thing... um, And it wasn't a place where you could relax. So even if you say, like, you can say it wasn't a horrible place because it wasn't all the time. And a lot of locker rooms were quite fun. Um, And, and like, say, like, if you were the person who wasn't the subject of being picked on for that day, then you could have a nice time,
1: um, often at the expense of someone else. That's it, yeah, yeah. If you could learn to relax, you're okay, yeah. But,
0: like, the thing is, you always had your guard up. You could never be yourself, right? You could never be 100% yourself. No, no. Um... And, uh, yeah, this locker room was a complete opposite of that. And it was, like, a locker room that I I like. when My locker rooms are like this. But, like, this is, like, to a degree that I've never seen before. They were, like, family. They really were. And uh, I know it's, like, there was a lot of Christmas spirit in the air. And they'd had their Christmas meal the night before, which looks a lot cooler than our christmas meal to be quite frank <laughs> um, but they were all like mates all like family all working together for the sake of a show and they were very much community and i really like that so i just thought i wanted to go out there and go out of my way to make a point of saying how impressed i was with um with that aspect of their show um and uh, the camaraderie between everyone there so um so yeah if anyone from attack wrestling is uh is listening. You guys are lovely. It sounds like you want to buy a season um, ticket. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but um, but the show itself was actually a lot of fun. Um, and like I say, it's a type of wrestling that you'd hate. Um, but there was a lot that you'd probably enjoy as well. There's something for everyone. and It was very much um, a Christmas show through and through, and it was topped off by the Christmas miracle of referee Chris Roberts having his first professional wrestling match and winning. He claims and, his uh, only professional wrestling match, oh, it right? won't be, will it? No, it definitely won't, won't once, be. You,
1: once you put them boots on, Chris, you know, then, you're going to want to put them on again. And there's going
0: to be offers, isn't there? There's going to be offers. <laughs> he drew a house. the <laughs> big sellout.
1: offers, yeah. He
0: drew a sellout. Um, so, um, you know, when those bright lights of your call come a-calling... Chris Roberts you'll be there yeah Um, but uh, yeah they had a great match and it was and like by by no stretch of the imagination was it a technical classic yes it contained the crappy Chris Roberts stunner which every single great Chris Roberts match has Um, which I'm saying
1: like you know is that his finishing move?
0: uh, no his finishing move was Canadian Destroyer actually that was it really? yeah the best move of all yeah Um, but It told a story and it was very much like, um, you know, they'd obviously built up this storyline. The ring announcer did a great job throughout the night. And like, he was very much a relaxed ring announcer. Unlike some ring announcers I've seen who kind of, you know, take the relaxed approach and, uh, you know, crack jokes between the things and try to make the show about them. This ring announcer um, really uh, was a part... Was a, part, a real part of the show, the show, and he yeah. added to the show. Um, and his bits were never too long or dragged out. And like, um, and he did a great job of uh, being one of the like. It really felt like a uh, like the crowd. That family atmosphere from backstage extended to the crowd, um, and it really felt like. Chris Roberts was one of the crowds and it felt like the ring announcer was one of the crowds. So the ring announcer would explain the backstory to what was going on and and, and for people who weren't in attendance. And they really told a nice little story um, about Shay, a referee who um, who is a heel referee who has spent the last year making people's lives hell, overturning decisions, um, basically a real heel there and Chris Roberts was the, the voice of justice standing up to him and uh and the match told a story throughout and that was a story it told um and uh and again like I say it wasn't a, case of a million moves but it was a case of um you know you don't need a million moves when you're telling a story well, when, when you've got a gimmick when words. you've
1: got essentially a gimmick match of a referee versus a referee if you put a million moves in it that's probably going to make it a million times worse
0: yeah, and but so many times as well, I see matches where like you, there's this big grudge match, and they start by technical wrestling. Yeah,
1: do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a bit of and, a, uh, a misconception. I think a lot of people feel they that we see it all the time at training, and even even on the trainee shows that we we put together. Same thing, isn't it? You know, yeah. like every every match starts with it's a lock-up a, There's a formula lock. that people feel yeah. they
0: need to follow. Um, but it's a basic formula which can be used when you're trying to understand and learn the basics of pro wrestling. But really, to have effective pro wrestling, you need to go so much deeper than that. You need to be able to tell a story and be thinking about the story you're telling the whole time. Um, and uh, And again, like I say, by no means was Chris Roberts a, a polished, finished article, but... From, a, from on the night, the story they told, the atmosphere was created, it was job done. And uh, and that, to me, is a barometer of what makes a good match and a bad match. And to me, that was a great match. Um, and I had the time of my life. So cool. um, So there you go. It was nice being a fan and not having any pressure for a change. It was yeah. lovely.
1: Okay. And probably the last time you were a wrestling fan you was when you watched Broder's Clay at the O2, you told me about
0: Oh yeah, I watched the yeah. <laughs> I watched the WWE show at the O2. Yeah, and it was it was interesting because Brodus Clay struck me as a superstar. Yeah. So like perhaps the biggest star. It was a SmackDown show, and Brodus Clay struck me as the biggest star of them all. No, he was the Funkasaurus. Then, he was the it. Funkasaurus, and yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah. Um and. Uh, yeah, and he was on a Christmas show for us at Revolution Pro Wrestling as well, wasn't it? He Which, was. Yeah. That'd
1: have been three years ago, yeah. Le-
0: leads us back into the next uh, segue of Christmas. And of course, the Attack Wrestling Show was a Christmas show, so it got me in the Christmas spirit. And um, and what we're going to talk about for the next 20 minutes or so is Christmas is a time for forgiving, but most importantly, it's a time for receiving some pretty badass presents, isn't it? It certainly is, <laughs> um, yeah. And for anyone who's listened to the podcast will know we're lifelong wrestling fans, which means we've, over our years, received some cool presents and some more elaborate than others, Andy, probably. I'm oh, just I guessing. Got... I'm just spitballing, just guessing.
1: Oh, I've got some good ones, yeah. I've got some great gifts as a kid, yeah. Um, so. <coughs> You've probably got a tangerine and a sock or something, didn't you? <laughs> a tangerine with Bret Hart sunglasses drawn on. <laughs>
0: no, I actually did all right over Christmas. So, um, Excuse me. Uh, so, yeah, so who's starting? What are we going to...
1: Well, well, we we've discussed before how um, we both got into wrestling, at a very similar time. WrestleMania yep. eight was my first WrestleMania. Yep, same. same. So the first Christmas uh, as a wrestling fan we would have both had would have been December nineteen ninety
0: two. Um, okay, I'll take your word for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it would have been. So um, so I, that was probably probably my jackpot year was I was into the WWF Hasbro toys. Uh, I got. The first ever figure I got was Hulk Hogan. Same. Which uh, which action? Um, I think it was a Hulkaplex.
0: Okay, mine was the uh, Hulk bear hug. Okay, so like his, but his fists were closed. Yes, So yeah, I he know. Touched it's funny, in the middle, and he looked like yeah. he was posing, didn't he? Yeah,
1: uh, and hell uh, of a toy. And uh, so I do any don't of them Hulk-er-plex. and I remember I was I only got one, so I used um, He Man as an opponent. Obviously, I couldn't use He Man as He Man. He, there was too much of a crossover. You couldn't have WWF versus cartoons. So He Man, He Man was playing the role of Texas Tornado. I
0: can see that.
1: So yeah, they're both heavily, devilishly handsome, muscle-bound they were, men. They were
0: pretty men, weren't they? And uh, but He Man's hair was maybe a little bit lighter. But Texas Tornado they did go through that bleached blonde, y esque. Phase, I, I want to say. Well, I'm think, sure he did, yeah. Or am I thinking about the Ultimate Warrior? The Warrior some reason, bleaches hair. Yeah, I I guess. I'm thinking about a picture of the Ultimate Warrior, though. He was a number.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, so Hulk Hulk had to take on uh, He Man for God, God knows how long. But I can't remember um, where, uh, um, what figures I'd have got next. I remember I got the Rockers. Um, and went, were these sure. all
0: for Christmas or were these after? Was oh, well, no, 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 no,
1: no. So these are just like my time, I guess, from April, May. Uh, leading right up to December But uh, I, I don't know about you Andy But And I don't know about our listeners But I was a big peeker When it came to Christmas presents <laughs> And by that I mean we Christmas I knew year. I knew <laughs> I knew leading up to Christmas There was going to be some stuff Hidden away in the cupboards So um, I I don't even know, if you know but I, my, my mum wouldn't even be able to know How to download this So, uh, so anyway, I'm going to uh, I might
0: put it all on a CD for, <laughs> for Christmas Yeah
1: You tell her um, And And uh, and of course, I found a big bag under her bed, didn't I? That's and you know, piece of oh I know. it's terrible. And I found a ring, uh, the Hasbro WWF yeah. blue ring. I found Brett the Hitman heart. I found the British bulldog, and I found which I still think are the cool, two of the coolest toys ever, the Nasty Boys. Okay, so, I never
0: had the Nasty Boys until a lot, lot later. Oh really? On. I've got Second some spares actually. Do you say? Oh, you got
1: them now, have you? yeah. Okay, so. Um, yeah, so uh, my federation was pretty much up and running uh, that have, Christmas. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, mine was very much like my start in the wrestling business. I had to start with the Chris Linnells and uh, New right. Breed Ashes and then work on, to the, yeah. <laughs> work on <laughs> to the Doug Williams and Jody Fleishes. Mm. Um, uh, so uh, that's interesting you say that. And I can't... See, I wish I had a better memory of this, but I know one Christmas, I can't remember if it was the first Christmas I was a wrestling fan or not, I did get a ring... Um, and, so back in those days, right, um, they used to have catalogues. Do you remember the catalogue?
1: Well, like ma- mail order so, almost.
0: So, so it would be like, a, not, so there's a couple of stories. Like, so they'd have like a Grattan or like an Index or Littlewoods. Yeah, Index like was like Argos, so wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was shop. yeah but yeah. like catalogues over, um, you could order from online and you could pay back um, weekly. So yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So I think I know, that's yeah. how we got a lot of cool Christmas presents because... Like, just as an example, I can remember one time, this isn't wrestling related at all, but one time I got, like, a blue Power Ranger toy, you know, when the Power Rangers were, um, were, like, a a big part of our culture as wrestling, like, I don't know, I guess wrestling fans had a big crossover with Power Rangers and whatever, and I love Power Rangers, and, like, Power Rangers were, like, toys were impossible to get hold of, but I got one from a catalogue, and I want to say I repaid 25 pence a week. Yeah, you told me that story, yeah, that's what you said, yeah. Power Ranger, yeah. And that was, yeah, that was uh, years and years ago, obviously. But I suspect that's how a lot of our Christmas presents were purchased from that from catalogues like that, which I think is a tremendous concept. Obviously these days, there's store credit, credit cards, which are a lot more easily accessible and a lot more of a rip because these catalogues, um, I believe um, you'll just pay, you just essentially they'd split the cost and then like at the end, you'd have to pay the, the balance off. Um, or
1: interest free if, was it? Interest free, yeah. All right.
0: So like, I, but I think it was just to encourage people to spend because I want to say that was around the time of the recession,
1: was it? What the early nineties? Yeah, quite quite possible. So like, I don't know. Maybe I'm. Just I was a bit up, too young to know what recession like, was. I, I might
0: just be making up my own history, but I've just uh, I've just listened to Gerald Ratner's autobiography. Have you heard of him? No. Oh, he's a very interesting character. I recommend anyone listens to his book. But his is a rise a fall and rise again, and he's basically a man who. Um, was in the jewellery industry, just going off a tangent, <laughs> he was in the jewellery industry um, and he did a speech where basically he called his jewellery crap and it was a speech he gave... Yeah, I've told his, you that
1: story. Have you? Yeah, I've told you that story, yeah. Yeah, because my mum talks about him, yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, he destroyed his it, business overnight, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, they, t- they call it doing a crapner. Oh, uh, right, That's okay. Like, uh, um, but, um, yeah, so he called his, his stuff crap and whatever. And you say he destroyed his business overnight. It took 18 months until he was removed from power of the business that he'd built oh, okay. and he'd built himself to be the largest jeweler in the world he bought, bought like ernest jones h samuels um loads of different jewelers mm-hmm. you know and uh loads of jewelers in america and whatever um and it was only because the sun and the mirror or is more specifically the mirror had picked up on the story because he read an early print of the sun and his speech was in there but it was only like a little tiny column and then the mirror came out and it was like front page story and then the reprint the second print of the sun had changed the story to a front page story as well. So oh, it turned into a, a yeah. bigger uh, campaign vilifying him. Um but he talks a lot about recession then and it's all around that time. So that's uh okay. that's why we got to that. So
1: kinda of taking this back to wrestling, um slightly anyway, uh was Billy Piper did the same thing where she was being interviewed, I can't remember the specifics, but was, she turned around and said, I don't understand why anyone listens to my music and then her pop career quickly declined. Because and, and the reason why I want to take this back to wrestling is uh, you have wrestlers who say things. Uh, they don't kind of publicize it, but they'll say things. Uh, you know, they'll say, "Oh, I don't know why anyone would want to book me anyway." And it's like, well, yeah, you're right, then, aren't you? You know, why would anyone want to book you? No, you know, my point is, you've got to have um, belief in your own product. If you can't sell yourself to anyone, you won't be able to. You won't be able to get off the ground.
0: But with Gerald Ratner, he. Uh jump into his defense he wasn't taking the piss out of his pro like he was taking the piss out of his products but he was doing it in a way to illustrate a point that he was consumer friendly so he was making a point of saying that his jewelry was so was that cheap um because it's almost like a i can't think of the words decoration jewelry rather than Actual jewelry is that the word costume jewelry? Costume jewelry, yeah. Where yeah. It, like it's you know where you get a cheap pair of earrings, they might only last a day, you know. Okay, where, but that's the And uh, and basically, it was the way the papers twisted it and took it out of context to say he's, ooh, he's that calling sun,
1: that son, that son,
0: or Ooh. Yeah, something like
1: that. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway,
0: um, so back to the back to the uh, back to Christmas Christmas stories. stories. So um so yeah, one of the years I got a wrestling. Ring, but WWF one. yeah, Okay, yeah, 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 and I can't. But I, in fact, here you go. I've got it. So the first wrestling ring I had wasn't a WWF wrestling ring. Okay. Okay. So the first wrestling ring I had. Um, now I can't even remember it really, but it had a white canvas. Um, it was the equivalent of a pound shop wrestling ring. Okay. But it wasn't a pound shop. Do you know, does that make like, so it's yeah, like, you know, uh, like a bootleg. Style. Yeah. Like bootleg, a, I think they it. And it was just it. like, and it was kind of like, a, it was a wrestling ring. It wasn't branded. It had a couple of wrestlers with it. Again, not branded, but it gave something for my Hulk Hogan action figure to stomp around in. Okay. Um, so it must've been the following Christmas. I got a WWF ring. So I remember it was just one hell of a day. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned about um, being able to, about peaking because I used to, be similar to you but i wasn't quite as naughty as you i think that's reflected in our grades at school as well Um, (laughs) and uh i i i had a i used to like enjoying the wrapped present holding it up giving it a shake and uh accidentally what happened was the paper got ripped oh accidentally and i say accidentally the 31 year old me says accidentally like, the five-year-old me probably might
1: not have been. The way you remember it. But, like, the it. way
0: I remember it, it was a complete accident, right? And I didn't know for a fact it was a WWF wrestling ring. Um, now, I'm shutting my eyes and I'm trying to visualise it, and this is hard, right? But I seem to recall, like, a light blue outline of a wrestling toy on the box.
1: Yeah, possibly. I remember there's an, there, was art, there was, like, a, a painting... Yeah. Of of the ring with some wrestlers.
0: Okay, and that might be what I'm picturing.
1: Yeah, I think Rick Rude was one and okay. the Ultimate Warrior. Okay, and when you say
0: Rick Rude was one, I was thinking Jake the Snake, right? But Maybe. But Jake the Snake and Rick Rude in those Hasbro figures, if you're thinking about cartoons, they actually look like a very similar toy, right? With a long hair, moustache.
1: Yeah, I guess so, yeah. So,
0: you know, that mistake could be easy to make as a child. Yeah. So... There you go. So I think that was my second Christmas. Okay. Uh, as a wrestling fan, I got that that ring. But that was a that was an iconic toy, wasn't it?
1: Um, oh, to get one of those was yeah. You were you were lucky if you got a WWF Hasbro wrestling ring. I and think.
0: I, and people wanted to, people wanted to come round to play in your territory. Really, well, I they?
1: I never had any friends. I I had friends. Uh, I never had any no, friends. That's it. Which is that <laughs> quote. End the conversation. I never had any friends that that played with them. So, I, I'd have people approach me at school who knew I played WWF wrestling toys, um, and they'd say, how do you play with wrestling toys? They couldn't understand like it. Like a loser. <laughs> maybe, well, maybe. Like,
0: hey, I've got a question. Did AWA ever have any wrestling toys?
1: Yeah, they did, but I, th- they were like, I think they might have been the f- Like, if you look at the history of wrestling toys, okay. I think they were the first ones. Was
0: there a Mr. Perfect toy?
1: Well, it wouldn't have be been Mr. Perfect, well, no. would
0: it? No, but did he have a toy?
1: Uh, I I don't know for sure. Okay,
0: well the only reason I ask is because so I used to go to Sunday school, right? And um, I swapped some toys with uh, like so, like just for the day. Yeah. Right. So I had a loan into my territory. Okay. So like, uh, so I think like maybe Sergeant Slaughter went out, and maybe the Rockers went out Ooh. on loan. I don't <laughs> know, like something like that. And uh, and someone was like, oh yeah, I've got a Mister Perfect, a so and so and so and so. Like I went through who I wanted to bring into my territory. And I went from Mr. Perfect and a couple of others. Mr. Perfect just wasn't Mr. Perfect at all. No,
1: it was his <laughs> it Your was, friend had a representation of But I of didn't Mr. know that it was a,
0: like an AWA Kurt Hennig toy or whether it was like a or Possibly. whether or whether it was your equivalent of the He-Man.
1: I think that's probably more likely. Yeah. But there was a lot of bootleg wrestling figures around. Like so I so I buy and sell a lot of wrestling toys now. Uh and uh obviously I'd sort of learnt a lot about them, their history and everything. And uh, and the amount of bootleg toys there were of representations of other wrestlers, you can see how your friend got confused. May well have just decided nothing like Mr. Perfect. He might have just decided one day that's going to be my Mr. Perfect. Okay, you know,
0: because I, I had a few, I had a few toys which weren't actually um, wrestling toys. So I had obviously the um, the He-Man toys. Um, I had. I got a lot of those secondhand, actually, at uh, um, church bazaar. Um, so that would have been around Christmas time as well. Um, but you had like a Skeletor, He-Man.
1: They were all wrestlers, were they?
0: They were all wrestlers. Because they all had wrestling gear on, didn't they? I guess they did, yeah. <laughs> they had yeah. pants on.
1: Um, what always worried me as a kid was the scale. You couldn't have things that were too different oh, in so scale. I had,
0: I had a Rambo toy... It was like but it was like a big still one, so it was again like a pound shop figure. It seemed like if you like, that's the best way I can describe it to anyone. But it was still, right? And this is a few years later like you, but like it was still and he had like straight arms and whatever. But you say they always had to be used to scale, but this one was more massive than all the toys.
1: Yeah, see, so mine were too big, so, so I want once... not say
0: that, but he became my Diesel.
1: Oh, that's interesting. So, well, okay. He was like
0: Shawn Michaels' bodyguard. Right. He was oh, a rocker Shawn Michaels' bodyguard. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Shawn Michaels turned heel, but he stayed as a the rocker Shawn Michaels. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Okay, well, I the only time I integrated, I can remember, I integrated... Uh, this is just turning into that podcast that you never wanted to do about wrestling figures, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh t- I, I integrated the Terminator into my wrestling... Oh, I had
0: the Terminator in the... Yeah. yeah, and
1: my Terminator was in the Million Dollar Corporation. Oh,
0: was he really? yeah. So, uh, so he was like never diesel, but Zeus kind of, uh, character maybe.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, I don't want to talk anymore about wrestling toys.
1: Well, you want to about Christmas and that's a, well, you know, that's like, that's a, all I got, wrestling
0: a... to- no, I do. Yeah. And, but I got some other things as well. So let me just touch on a couple of things cause I feel like we're going long here, but something else, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Right. So event merchandising, right. Yes. They used to do all the WWF merchandise, um, and they used to put the things with the catalog, or with the magazines. So this kind of leads on from that story about the uh, you know me being too poor to go to a WWF show that I won tickets for, um, I, I told the story for a few episodes ago. Um, now, after that point, I was on their mailing list. So I used to get sent through the, the WWF. They would just rub it in your catalogues. face, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but within that catalog, there used to be a page of clearance stuff. Okay. okay, and it was like a, um, I want to say, it was like a just a coloured piece of paper with the listings of what clearance stuff there was. So I wound up with like, um, so my British Bulldog t-shirt, my very first British Bulldog t-shirt was from
1: there. Already jealous, yeah. Um,
0: I got some WWF, again, this, I'd, like, so this may have been just after Christmas, but they were gifts, so it may have been Christmas time. I really can't remember, you know what it's like. Yeah, Um. But I got some WWF trousers, like tracksuit bottoms. Oh, cool. And they were the bollocks, right? Um, I'm going to find them, and I'm going to put a picture up of those. Because I'm sure I have them. It's like WWF in, like, um, like kind of, it's like multicolored slash neon colors. Like, it's really 90s, you know? Yeah. This is World Wrestling Federation down the leg. Brilliant, and because like because it was clearance, you didn't really have any choice over the sizes, right? So these trousers were about five sizes too big <laughs> for me, like way too long. Do you know what I mean? Like I think the the end of the WWF logo probably like which was supposed to be like a pocket logo came down to my. Knee. I was gonna say your crotch came down, down to your the, knee. You did it yeah, or yeah, 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 it was just like that. But eventually, I grew into them. But it didn't make any difference to me. I still wore them, right? An Ultimate Warrior vest. Right. I had. Um, you make thing, out as if
1: I was a spoiled one. You got all the cool stuff. I just told
0: I, you they were on the clearance line. Yeah,
1: regardless. Yeah.
0: Wow. Um, yeah, the Ultimate Aurea vest, British Bulldog T-shirt, and those WWF uh, trousers. Huh? they were the they were one. You're just getting jealous because you I'm upset. Yeah.
1: I, uh, I if we're not going to talk about toys, i the, the same year. I think I got the ring and Brett and the Nasty Boys. I actually got a lunchbox as well, and that was I was so proud of the lunchbox until the day took it to school and it got stolen. Oh, no. Yeah. And I, kn- and I knew I hadn't lost it because I took in another lunchbox the following day and that got stolen. So I must have upset someone in my class that day. There was a, there was a that lunchbox comes... thief going around your <laughs> yeah, school. And I can remember this lunchbox, it was blue and The Undertaker was on it and I want to say Macho was on it. No, I didn't cry, I don't think. But of course... My mum sent me into school the following day saying, you find that lunchbox, don't you to come home, home with that lunch?
0: lunch? I'd send you in back in with a carrier bag with your lunch in. Yeah, but I think I did okay. from then
1: on, in, Yeah, yeah and after two and lunchboxes trusted. had gone missing. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, that's my my WWF 1992 Christmas, anyway.
0: Um, just, again, I'm just trying to think of other Christmas presents I've received. Well, everyone um, everyone got an um, annual, didn't they? Oh, yeah, the annuals were a big thing, yeah. yeah. Like, so, obviously... The hardback annual with the pictures—you just go through them over and over and over again.
1: I actually bought a couple not all that long ago in a charity shop in Horn Dean up the road.
0: I've still got mine now.
1: Yeah. So I was a bit disappointed—the the, uh, the cross—yeah, the crossword had already been done. Oh really? Yeah. I kind of feel that might have been the only crossword I'd have been capable of actually <laughs> no, completing ever. Yeah. Um, Hulk Hogan's finishing move yeah, you is. Wouldn't be
0: able to do a 2017 WWE crossword, would you?
1: Well, the answer probably Roman Reigns, Demon King, uh, Wyatt Family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I might still be able to do that, maybe.
0: Um, so I also got. So this is fast-forwarding in many years. Okay, so we, were, as time went on, we we got a little bit better off, um, which was down to a lot of it was uh, down to us paying off our mortgage. Okay, so obviously they were a lot smaller back in those days, and that was one of the reasons why we were so poor because. We were paying
1: off. You had a roof. You needed a roof, was, yeah. And that was,
0: but that was a priority. Do you know what I mean? Of course, yeah. And um, when we got our mortgage, wait, like, and that was only a couple of years later. So I want to say that was only maybe, a, maybe that was nine, Christmas. Maybe that was even Christmas. 90, oh, okay, so Christmas '92, we had borrowed a VHS player from cousin Debbie, right? And this is an important person to remember because she wronged me at some point, which we'll get to in when we do uh, when we talk about the Royal Rumble. Um, maybe we we'll do a Royal Rumble one in January. Okay. Cousin Debbie wronged me. But on this particular Christmas, she was a nice cousin. Um, so she had lent us a VHS player. And it was a sad day when we had to give that VHS player back. Um, I remember that quite clearly, because we had it for a good few months. And I say a good few months, it may have only been a couple of weeks, but you know what it's like <laughs> as a kid when everything just seems like... Time's quite yeah. distorted, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and uh, my sister got a uh, a VHS for Christmas, and it was like something like the Little People or some something like that. I can't remember the exact name of it. It was a cartoon about little people. <laughs> um, and I got well, I didn't know. So like the Christmas Christmas was done. So I've got my wrestling ring, um, and we'd unwrapped all our presents and whatever. My mum was like, Andy, you've you've missed a present, right? And I could, like, I swear I'd opened every single present. And I really thought that she'd just hidden this present from me. But apparently I'd got so excited about my wrestling ring, I'd just thrown the wrapping paper on top of this other present. And this was the last present. And being a twin, me and my sister, we used to open presents one after the other. It's so like, we'd take it in turns. Yeah. Right? So it was almost like I got an extra present, even though she'd got her, <laughs> okay. her VHS. And the VHS was the Hulk Hogan VHS. Oh, cool. And um, it was a white one. It was a, the white cover. Um... With him obviously flexing on the front, it wasn't Hulkamania forever or anything. I can't remember what he, was, what he was called, which one it was, but like it had a significant portion at the end was dedicated to WrestleMania 3, Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan, right? And I don't know how, but I must have watched that match, like, I swear, over a hundred times, like just burnt that VHS out over and over and over again. And if you ever watch that match, it wasn't the most entertaining match in the world. But for me as a child, it was. And that was, I think, the best Christmas present I ever got. And I think that that was a big contribution to me keeping that wrestling bug, that Hulk Hogan VHS,
1: from my... Uh... Having that at your disposal, almost, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, so, uh, so... You can go back to it anytime. We, we
0: can't... It's not just going to Auntie Mavis's every Saturday. Now we can watch Hulk Hogan whenever we want. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, and that lasted until our VHS player had to go back. Um, But then it wasn't that much longer into 93 that we got a uh, a full-on VHS player.
1: And that WrestleMania 3 got played again and again. (laughs)
0: Again and again and again, yeah. And I want to say it wasn't even that long. You know, again, just going back to, as a kid, just time being distorted, it felt like forever um, between the, you know, between... Get him a new VHS player, but it's probably like two weeks or something, you know? Yeah, well, I was um, telling
1: Finley today, uh, as we record this, it's literally what we four days, four days till Christmas. He was literally like, It's four days, four days. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, four days are gonna come and go very, very quickly. Before we know it, Christmas is gonna be over. But it says an eight year old, four days sounds like an awful long time. He'll sit and there and go, That's nearly a hundred hours. And I remember,
0: I remember the day before, because Christmas Eve was the longest day of the year for me. Like, that was
1: always been my favourite year. A uh, day of the year. Really? Actually, it's Christmas oh, Eve, yeah. Like that was so
0: long for me. We'd try and go to bed as early as possible, so we'd go to bed at like three o'clock to try and <laughs> <laughs> wake up again. At wake 10. up wake yeah. up at Christmas and we'd wake up and it's still not Christmas. And like eventually I think we'd get up at five o'clock in the morning and have our Christmas stock in and, and you're lucky
1: Father Christmas came. I know. That sort of behaviour, yeah. I know, yeah. I
0: was so excited. Just couldn't couldn't control it. Um so what about any any later Christmases? Have you got any...
1: Well, I, in the sort of late 90s, early 2000s... Well, I got into wrestling really early, like, in age. So I was 16 when I started. So in terms of, like, toys, obviously. Like, I played wrestling. And You know, I don't know whether this is old or not. I think it's old. I played wrestling toys till I was 13. And again, I don't know if that's old or not. Oh, but
0: Yeah, I think they'd become... Um ornaments to me by that stage yeah
1: so uh and there is another prominent wrestler at british restaurant on the circuit uh it's not my place to name him to embarrass him but he actually said oh no andy yeah so did i so um i don't feel so bad about playing with wrestling or any toys when i was 13 so then i got an n64 so when the n64 came along obviously you had w- I got wcw revenge uh which i still maintain as the greatest vi- wrestling video game mm-hmm. ever but it's also the last wrestling video game I've ever played. So, <laughs> so, uh,
0: so is that so the only game you played? Um, so, uh, so you credit getting an N sixty four with helping you get out of playing with toys. And if it wasn't for an N sixty four, you like could probably perhaps still be playing. Still with be playing with toys. toys
1: now. Yeah. Well, well, I was wanting to be a wrestler ever since I was seven. So the moment I actually became a wrestler, I probably wouldn't need to play with the toys.
0: Well, you would because you got bullied out because you'd have had like your toys in your bag and they would have fallen out <laughs> yeah. and you would have got Who's bullied out. Um, so. I got, so on the subject of computer games, again, like I seem to do everything in style. Um, so I got a PlayStation one year. So I remember this, right? So this would have been... So when did the PlayStation come out? Maybe 97?
1: No, it was four then. Oh, was it? Yeah, maybe 95.
0: Okay, so it might have been 97 that I got this uh, PlayStation, right? And I remember somehow me and my sister had been able to con my mum into saying we need to be able to play the PlayStation before Christmas, because it was bought we knew we were getting a playstation right we need to be able to play the playstation before christmas just to make sure it works because if it doesn't we need to be able to uh return it right and if it if it didn't work then you we... said i was impatient and naughty <laughs> well we were allowed one go but that one go made it worse
1: right because I it, you made it
0: what you made you want it more you know um so it's like that story that Paul Heyman tells about Steve Austin, you know, where Paul Heyman was like, I wanted to give Steve Austin the ECW title belt. And Steve Austin was like, No, I want to go in there and lose to Mikey Whipwreck. And then I want to be like, Now I've had a taste of it. It makes me want it that little bit more. Huh. It was just like that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and. Um, to your poor mum, you condo, you lied. Yes. No.
0: <laughs> we had to make sure it worked. We got Crash Bandicoot 2. And then another game we got. Um, and this was purely based on the fact it was only £10, um, was Power Pro Wrestling... Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of that game?
1: No. Is it what an independent game? Is, is it, it?
0: I guess so. Yeah. It must be one of the worst professional wrestling games ever made. But it's all I had and all I knew. And uh, very much like that first time I went to watch the first British wrestling show, I was like, "This is the best," even though I knew in my head it wasn't. You just—it's <laughs> so it's just like, like you say. It's it. all you know, though, this this isn't is it? Yeah. This is a, This is the game. Power Pro Wrestling. And uh, yeah, and I guess that replaced playing with toys as well. Um, but I, but really, I'd stopped playing with toys a long time uh, before that, I think. Um, and, but I of course had pressures from my sister, you know, I, I had someone like having a twin sister, you had someone to compare yourself with and, you know, she'd probably bully me for playing with my toys.
1: Yeah. Well, I had two older brothers and they, I don't, I don't think they really cared. I mean, I was still playing with toys. I was still putting, cutting bin bags out, (laughs) cutting bin bags out and putting NWO t-shirts on, on my Razor Ramon toy. So... There you go. That's what I was doing when I was 12, 13 years old. <laughs> what
0: a productive childhood. Yeah. And there you go and that's uh yeah, that's why you failed your GCSEs, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. It's too busy playing with toys. So, no, I was out of my I was out of it oh, by, okay. then, but, yeah. uh, N64 ends, by then, but uh 64 I was in, into n 64 um, by then.
0: So yeah, that's that's something, isn't it? Other, other, any other toys? Or any other presents? Oh, actually, that's a point I was going to make. Um, so when I was a little bit older, so when I was 12, 13, maybe 14, Auntie Mavis bought me a Dude Love action figure, right? And it, it blew my mind, right? Because I wanted it, so I said, you know, like, at this stage, they were kind of ornaments, right? So I had a couple of the Jacks toys. Um, so I had a Steve Austin, I had an Undertaker, I had a Rock. Um, I remember I got a um, Titan Tron with Christmas money. Um, I also remember with Christmas money, there was a little uh, uh, like market stall type shop. It was weird. It was like a two-story shop, um, which would have been a department store, like a CNAs I think it used to be. Um, and, and it was on two stories, but essentially it was like an indoor boot sale. So every week there'd be traders come and set up their boot sale, but like you'd have the same traders every week. And one trader, he had wrestling VHS tapes. And I remember I got WrestleMania 4 from him on VHS. That was a special one, because obviously that was uh, the first ever double VHS set. Yeah, I that's right. Yeah. Um, I've got that one, yeah, I think. And I got some WCW ones. I got Starrcade 90, the one with uh, the Black Scorpion. Okay. Um, and I I got the one with uh, it Clash of the Champions with, uh, no, Super Brawl, with um, Sting and Lex Luger versus the Steiners in the, uh, the match of the year. For that year, it was, I remember that being on the advertising. So I used that for my Christmas money. Um, but anyway, um, at this point, for me, I was a little bit older. So that was my thing, like, wrestling VHS the HS tapes, being a historian, like we mentioned at the start. Experts. An expert, insiders. Um, that was it at the start of the year. Um, and then, um, but then, like, I started to get, um, to collect these toys and put them on my mantelpiece. And I remember some of the Jacks toys, they came with, like, WWF stands.
1: Yeah, I think they all did, yeah. So,
0: um that'd stand on them. But then I remember the first time my mind was blown by a wrestling toy and I seriously contemplated getting back in the game, you know, reopening the territory. Yeah. Right, was when I got a dude love action figure from my auntie Mavis and like it was so detailed. <laughs> <laughs> and it came with a steel chair with a dude love tattoo on, and I had intended to keep it in the box.
1: I you couldn't, couldn't it. You had to I hold just it. Couldn't. You had to I hold, it. Had to I
0: had hold, to hold it. it. So I had to get it out and I had to play with it and uh it, it, he never got into a feud with anyone. I never owned a. I never owned a wrestling ring which was um, big enough to house him. Um, but I did own the Titantron for the. You know some of the toys. They stood on the. You titan- didn't have
1: a. See, I had a ring. See, I never because I'd
0: grown out of it by the time. Yeah, I'd grown out of it, to. but
1: like you said, like I was kind of like the collecting phase, like a bit of a wrestling, okay, well my, collector, like yeah, you know. more like
0: on the mantelpiece. But okay, one ring I did get eventually was a WCW. This is just a toys, isn't it? Wrestling toys, yeah. <laughs> sponsored by RockiesToys.com. <laughs> um, so one thing I did get was I did get the WCW Nitro set because I thought that was pretty badass. You know, I mean the
1: entrance stage entrance and all. Entrance
0: stage and it had the thing for Sting to come down from a ceiling. Yes. And it had Mark Sloan's lighting rig truss. Cool. <laughs> like, as know, dangerous as that. It had it had everything. So um so yeah so that was great. Um, any other little wrestling presents?
1: Uh, I'm sure. I, yeah, I'm sure there was, but. Yeah, I can't remember calendars obviously.
0: I don't think I've ever had a wrestling calendar.
1: No, I had a ca- I had a calendar nearly every year, annual like we said lunch boxes. Yeah. And I had um Oh, one thing I did have actually that 1992 Christmas I got this really cool microphone. I always wanted one of it. I swear, yeah. I
0: always wanted one of them and I used to pine over that, pine over pictures of that in the WWF it had, magazine. It had
1: Mean Gene on the on the box with Hulk Hogan. And it was as far as I remember, it was actually a real microphone as well.
0: Uh, it, it wasn't like a real microphone, but it, it had like um, it was one of those toy ones where like it amplified, didn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But it was electronic, had yeah? batteries, because I've still got it. Yeah, because you press buttons on it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I was very fortunate to have some uh, lo- lovely gifts.
0: To have some good money behind you as a child. Well, as um, we've already discussed, oh, you got I... more than
1: I did. So no,
0: I didn't. <laughs> um, so I also one one Christmas I also got a um, a clock. As well, that was pretty cool.
1: That something cool. Yeah. Have
0: you have you seen my clock? You've I think I have right seen. I have seen. Of course, I've seen it. It's, I've like, seen got stars. It, yeah. It's got um, Hulk Hogan, Legion of Doom, British Bulldog, and someone else.
1: We could have shown that to Animal. We should have oh,
0: got him to sign it. Yeah. 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 Oh,
1: missed opportunity. That, that was
0: on my bedroom wall for a long, long time. Well, until I moved house and like I bought it. I've brought it to this house with me, but it's in the <laughs> garage at the moment. But. um but yeah, maybe we'll get that up in my... Uh, get
1: it up and running in the new year. Yeah, let's yeah. hope so.
0: Let's hope so. Good. Um,
1: All right. So that was quite a nice fun trip down memory lane. It was. We talked about Billy Piper, Road Warrior Animal. Gerald Ratner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, how lucky we were to have such such loving parents. Give us nice gifts. So.
0: so this is it. This is our... That's our last episode before Christmas. So next time you listen to us, it will be after Christmas. Yes. So everyone listening, have a very, very, very Merry Christmas um we were we were going to start an amazon wish list but we learned earlier this week that's probably not the best oh god no you bet
1: you're better off not better off not having one yes so so we'll stay well
0: away from the amazon wish lists um so the only gift we want this christmas is for you to like review subscribe and share our a squared circle wrestling podcast but everyone have a very safe and happy holidays and we'll speak to you next Wednesday.
1: And don't forget to follow us on Twitter as well. I'd like it. Uh, if I get to 1,500 followers by Christmas... That'd be a nice present. It we'll would be really nice, which I'm only about 25 away, I think, so... Yep. A, uh, at Boy Simmons, B-O-Y-S-I-M-M-O-N-Z. call And at A
0: A-Q-U-I-L-D-A-N. And we'll speak to you next week. Later.